Today on CityCast DC, Bridget and I are going to try to settle an argument we had the very first time we ever met. That's right. And that argument is, is DC part of the South? And if not, what part of the country does it best fit in? It's Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Bridget Todd. And this is CityCast DC. So you, Bridget, you come from the South, right? That is not arguable. That is absolutely correct. I was raised right outside of Richmond, Virginia, former capital of the Confederacy. When I would go to high school, I would drive down Monument Avenue and I would pass huge statues of Confederate soldiers um, on my way to Commemorating history. Commemorating history and think nothing (laughs) of it. So absolutely (laughs) correct. I come from the South. I rep the South a little bit. Like I'm very comfortable. I consider myself a Southern girl. So here's my question for you. What the hell am I? I grew up in D.C. I don't think you're a Southern boy. I'm sorry. I don't see it for you. I mean, I don't feel like one. I'll tell you that much. I grew up in Northwest Washington. My parents were New Yorkers. They had come for the federal government. Most everyone I know, well, let me subdivide that. Most of the white people I knew <laughs> came from the North. <laughs> a lot of the uh, the black kids I grew up with, they would have like grandparents in the South and go down in the summer and so on. But I don't think I have a Southern accent. I say insurance, not insurance. And yet, if you look at the map, right, and you look at history, this was a place that had slavery, it had slavery until the Civil War. If you look at the demographic patterns, this wasn't like shaped by big inflows of migrants from Europe during the 19th and early 20th century. I think a lot of that would point to this being the South. So am I a Southerner? It's so weird. So I think all of that is correct. I think a lot of folks in D.C. and other urban cities around D.C. are so quick to be like, oh, no, D.C. is not the South. D.C. is not the South. Because it's nice to think of yourself as being from someplace that is different from the Deep South, right? Or like Appalachia or something like that. I think there's an inclination to want to distance yourself from slavery, even though, as you said correctly, D.C. was a slave state, or I guess not a state, but you know what I mean. I get the inclination. I get where that comes from. And so I think people who are quick to say D.C. is not the South because they want to feel like, oh, D.C. is a cosmopolitan urban place that would never condone slavery That's BS. And I think I see a lot of that. But wait, do you think that's all it is? Because, you know, like that famous line from John F. Kennedy, where he was dissing Washington and he said it's a city of Southern intellect and Northern hospitality. So (laughs) he was saying Southerners are dumb and Northerners are mean. And Washingtonians, I guess, are both dumb and mean. I think Um, there's some truth to that. (laughs) (laughs) But let me ask you, what makes you feel like, okay, I'm back in the South now? What are some of the things that happen? And then let's like do those things happen in D.C.? Oh, I love this question. That's a great place to start. One of them is, and this is this, you can be thinking of this as your litmus t- test to see, are you, Mike, a Southern boy or not? Okay. If you are having a transaction with a cashier or like a retail employee, do you find yourself making that transaction needlessly complex and long? And if that retail employee is making that transaction needlessly complex and long, Do you find that charming or annoying? And here's why I ask. 
When I am in the South, if I'm buying a cup of coffee, it's never just, hey, how are you? I'll take a coffee. Here's my money. Thank you. It's, oh, your last name is Todd. Are you any relation to so-and-so? You look just like so-and-so. Like, And I find that charming. I find that to be like, I sure am in the South. When I take an Amtrak train that starts in Richmond, which I often do when I'm visiting my parents and it's heading up north, I know that the line for the cafe car is going to be down the whole train because the sweet old woman behind the counter is like having pleasant, polite, southern style chit chat. When I take the train the opposite way and the crew is New York based, that never happens. And so that's one that's a very big cultural mainstay of the South. It is very polite to make encounters longer with polite chit chat. I would say I get intensely annoyed when that happens. <laughs> and it happens quite rarely, which both would argue that we are not in the South. Yeah. Don't come to Richmond and expect a quick transaction with very little chit chat. It's not going to happen. Well, when I'm on vacation, I'm charmed because it's like, oh, look, I'm experiencing the local culture. <laughs> and that local culture is like five minutes to get a coffee. Um, all right. What else? Oh, another one is if you are driving, are people likely to lay down the horn on you? In my experience, people in the South are not really super likely to hit the horn unless you're really doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. I think that people in D.C. are like polite drivers, but I think the further north you go, the more mm. horn happy people are. And I think if you get if somebody lays down the horn at you in the South, you have done something egregiously bad behind the wheel. Right. I don't lay down the horn much. I like that phrase, though. I'm going to start using it. I don't lay down the horn much, and I don't get honked at that much. And I don't think anyone really does around here. But I always thought that was like, as a child of the 80s in D.C., like you worried that you would get killed for doing that because who knows who's in the car in front of you. Oh, absolutely. I would, I'm like, if I were driving around in D.C., I would like never exhibit some sort of any kind of like mild road rage or anything. I, I wonder if that's a holdover of just like, having been here for so long, but it just doesn't come up in the South as much. Right. So if you go into a, a place and you ask for iced tea here, the default is that it's not sweet. Correct. Think, yes. Which would point to North. Absolutely. If you, go to, if, you're, if you go to any place in the South and you say, can I have iced tea? The default is sweet tea. And it is completely a rarity that you go to a restaurant in the South and you say, can I get iced tea? And they're like, oh, we only have unsweetened, but here's some sugar. That would never happen. So someone would like call the police on you if like, a, if like a server was like, we only have unsweetened tea, but I can give you unsweetened tea and a packet of sugar. Would never happen. Happens all the time in DC. Right, but what about like what about the weather? And I know like climate change and everything, it's a, a trickier thing, but I feel like in the South, I mean, one, the architecture seems in, in many places, at least in older places, kind of built for heat. And so do the people sometimes. But up here, what do you think? Do we comport ourselves like people who are accustomed to this? Ooh, I think we this do. is another good one that I think is a, a very slight but still important difference between something being the South and not the South. In D.C., even though it gets very hot, people still wear suits when they're like commuting to work, even in the middle of summer, right? People still dress in ways that are not necessarily conducive to the heat. In the mm -hmm. South... In the summertime, how people live their lives is around the heat, right? So you leave your air-conditioned home, you get into your air-conditioned car, and then you drive to the air-conditioned wherever you're going to, right? I feel like 
that is a very Southern way of dealing with heat because like you're used to it. Your entire infrastructure of how you're living your life and how you're traveling is built around being comfortable in the heat. D.C. is different in that it's very hot, but people still ride bikes. People still walk places. People still sweat through their suits as if it's nothing. Sometimes like senators and staffers on the Hill go for like zany seersucker outfit days. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> I actually... I have, I'm a little charmed by that. I kind of will always have a thing for people for whom hot weather like, kind of changes their vibe. When it's hot out, I become a bit of a Tennessee Williams character. Like, mm -hmm. ooh, I'm getting this, this flower is Wilton. Like, I don't know. I don't know who I become when it's hot out. Like, I literally do carry you, a paper fan. Do you actually own a paper fan? Not only do I own a paper fan, I own multiple. Just one with every outfit. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. Oh, yeah, I think that's such a good point. I think that people, depending on where you're from, we all handle heat differently. And right. ooh, we in the South, we love talking about the heat. That's like our favorite conversation. It's, boy, it's a hot one. Isn't it a hot one? Ooh, sure is a hot one. That is our favorite conversation starter. Right. So then the flip side of that, though, is the winter. And this one I know from my parents who were New Yorkers. And my mom in particular was just beside herself at the incompetence of Washingtonians in the snow, which, you know, made us feel like we're Southerners because uh, we can't take it the way these people do. I mean, I don't want to embarrass myself. I'm definitely the person, if there's a light misting of snow, I've got my hazards on. I'm driving ridiculously slow. <laughs> and I feel like people in the North give us a hard time for not knowing how to deal with any kind of inclement weather, which is correct. We definitely don't. But, you know, we're nobody ever said we were the most efficient drivers or navigators of inclement weather. So that definitely, I think, is a mark for the D.C. is the South because Southerners are notoriously bad at handling inclement weather. Right, right. And I got to say, I'll lay my cards out. I never felt like a Southerner. And I, I didn't, I never thought about it as because I didn't want to own the sins of the South. Because, you know, I mean, I guess I feel like this whole country has enough sins to own that, <laughs> that like, it's probably not worth pointing fingers at any region. But I never felt like for that reason, I just didn't feel like a Southerner. When one of our teams was put into the Southeast Division, it really bothered me. It's like, I'm not in the Southeast? What do you think? Do I look like I'm from Atlanta? Like, come on, people. <laughs> Were you like offended? Well, I just, you know, I just feel like um, we are in the same league, I mean, literally, as well as practically, as the Sella uh, Corridor. So Boston and Philadelphia and New York and so on, much more than the states and cities of the South. And back in the day when there weren't professional sports teams in the South, but it was pre-air conditioning, pre-integration, pre-all kinds of things, the Washington teams, the Senators and the uh, then Redskins, were the teams of the South, the Redskins, declined to integrate. And one of the reasons for that is that they had this whole like radio network throughout the South, because that's where their fans were, and they wanted to please those fans. But I guess that just suggests like we're kind of both, which is like not a great answer. But I know that just on a personal level, I never felt or wanted to admit or wanted to think that I was from the South. I didn't know that history of Washington sports teams and integration, but I do feel like it is at once an illustration of trying to identify as, oh, we're a cosmopolitan northern city, but we're going to keep the racism. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, 
it, it's such an interesting example. I, and I have to say, there's a lot of colder places than this that decided to keep the racism, too. It's true. It's true. I don't know. I guess my theory of the case is this was the South. And I think if you look at before the Civil War, you know, nowadays, like I'm a proud D.C. person. So, of course, we stand up to Congress and we demand home rule and stuff. But the thing in the 19th century before the Civil War was that Congress and former President John Quincy Adams, they were trying to, like, interfere with D.C. by banning slavery here. And the citizens of D.C. were like, "Uh uh-uh, like you can't interfere with us, which is just to say this was a in its arrangements, however you want to put it, that's a delicate term. This was the South. And then it had a formally uh, segregated public school system, but it didn't have formally segregated public transportation. I mean, this is, I guess it's like this duality. I just that the whole population of D.C. turned over so rapidly in the uh, middle of the 20th century. The arrival or predomination of African-Americans as it became Chocolate City, the departure of the former white residents, often out to like Falls Church and stuff. And then now this this more recent gentrification change, such that the new folks who came, the new white folks who came with gentrification didn't think of themselves as Southerners at all, but they've settled a Southern patch of land. Yeah, I mean, I did a little digging into the linguistics and dialects of D.C. to answer the question, like, is D.C. the South? And what I found was that exact same idea that over the years, the influxes of different kinds of people and other different kinds of people leaving has really impacted whether or not D.C. culturally feels like the South. And so Black folks moving in, white folks moving out, Northern folks moving in, Southerners moving out. All of those ebbs and flows has really shaped culturally if we think of D.C. as the South or not. And so I think you're you're onto something that maybe it's something that is not a constant. Maybe it changes depending on what's happening demographically in the city. Right. I mean, you never meet like old people with the old Washington accent anymore. And if you do, they're probably from the distant suburbs. That's completely correct. In a piece for WAMU, they spoke to Minnie Anand, who was a doctoral student at Georgetown who studies African-American language and syntax at Georgetown's Language and Communication Center in D.C. And she did this project where she talked to longtime Black D.C. residents who had been here for generations, and they have their own distinct linguistic style. And basically, it comes down to this thing called vowel centralization. The vowel before an R gets pronounced in a different part of the mouth, leading words like carry to be pronounced like curry or strawberry to be pronounced like strawberry. And she says that the in, the like definitive test for if you want to see if somebody has a D.C. accent or not is to ask them to say this sentence. I like to go strawberry picking with my mother in Maryland. Uh, in this Maryland? In Maryland, right. And so she <laughs> says this sentence hits on all the main D.C. accent traits. If they have a D.C. accent, it will sound something like this. I like to go strawberry picking with my mother in Maryland. So the dropping of the R is very important. And importantly, that is not a Southern accent. That is a very different thing than a Southern accent. Oh, that's so interesting. How would a Southern accent say it? How would someone say it where you grew up? Oof. Uh, I guess it depends on who you ask. They might say something like, I like to go strawberry picking with my mother in Maryland. It wouldn't be Maryland. It would be Maryland, but definitely drawn out long. And then it would be followed by a bunch of information about the mother that nobody asked for, (laughs) who she was related to, perhaps where she got her hair done earlier that day and so on. (laughs) Well, wait, are people here like nice? And I don't mean like genuinely nice, but I mean nice in the bless your heart kind of way. No. (laughs) I mean, what is that saying that some places the people are 
nice and not kind. And in other places, the people are kind and not nice. I might might have that reversed. But yeah, I think in D.C., people are nice, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they're kind. I guess I take that back because people in D.C., they will help each other. Like we are a community where when stuff is hitting the fan, people will help you out. I've definitely felt that on the street where if I needed something, people will be quick to jump in to support. And I don't know if that's the case everywhere. What do you think about that? Oh, I don't think there's like a culture of like, I walk the dog in the morning at 6, 6.30 in the morning and I pass a bunch of people and I don't feel any obligation to say hello to the ones I don't know. And I think in the South, there's much more of a culture of you acknowledge the person passing you by, you say hello, you smile. And I don't think I would be like a weirdo if I said hi, but I don't feel like I'm a jerk because I didn't. If I see people I know, of course, I'll say hi. But I think that's like a, you know, a little tell in the moment. Oh, that's such a good point. So my mom is the quintessential sweet Southern Black lady, and she's very, very smiley. We'll say hi to everybody. And when I was living in New York a few years ago, and we were walking down the street, my mom walked by somebody and smiled at them. And we heard this person turn around and say, what's she smiling about? (laughs) Who is she smiling at? And I was like, yep, we are definitely not in Richmond. We are definitely in New York. (laughs) Just, yeah, getting an attitude for smiling at somebody that you didn't know on the street. I'd laid my cards up. Let me ask you this. What do you wish? Do you want people to think of you as someone who lives in the South or not the South? I talk crap about it, but I, I will always rep the South. So I have no problem being considered a Southern girl, because that's how I think of myself. I'm vast. I contain multitudes. But I actually think that D.C. is not the North or the South. I think it's its own separate thing, like the Mid-Atlantic region, the same kind of way that, sure, Atlanta is in Georgia, which is a Southern state, but nobody thinks of Atlanta, the city, as the South, or nobody thinks of Miami as the South. There are some places that just are their own separate thing, and I think D.C. is one of them. Right. Right. That's a very good point. We're floating out to space. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Bridget. Good talking to you. Yeah, this was a good conversation. Always down to have pedantic, low stakes arguments about what's happening in D.C. (laughs) Before we let you go, here's some quick news. Welcome to 2023. And there are a bunch of new laws in the area. The minimum wage in Virginia bumped up to $12, up from 11 per hour, and the statewide grocery tax was also lowered. So congratulations, Virginians, on being able to save a little bit of money. In Maryland, weed is officially decriminalized, and the state will also start discussing regulations next week for how full legalization will work. Plus, they also raised the minimum wage to $13.25. And in D.C., government workers officially get more paid family leave now. So mostly pretty good news. Meanwhile, the federal trial of five members of the Proud Boys is taking longer than expected to get off the ground. And that's because the court can't find Washingtonians who could fairly make up the jury. It needs 12 residents who can put aside any preconceptions about the group and also do not have strong feelings about the Holocaust, the Black Lives Matter movement, women's rights or gay rights. So good luck finding that in D.C. And lastly, the Washington commanders revealed their new mascot on New Year's Day. Welcome to the field, Major Tutty a six-foot-five, dabbing, military-loving pig. In true commander's form, there's already a lawsuit related to Tutty from members of the former NFL team, the Hogs, which the new mascot is meant to tribute. That's 
all for today here on CityCast DC. And if you enjoyed the show, why not share it with your favorite DC resident who swears up and down that she's a Southern Belle? We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. to hear 2023. I know. I'm, I'm going to be getting it wrong for and, and probably until the end of the year. I'm glad that you got it right, because if you'd said 2022, I don't think I would have caught it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>